Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JMO Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Michaels, and our guest this week, we've got Bob Props Jr. Back on the show, we had Bob on, uh, I believe it was a couple years ago. Anyways, Bob, we get a great update from Bob. He kind of gives us the rundown on his annual, you know, his open water fishing schedule, where he starts the season, where he spends most of his time, and where he's at now. Uh, He spends a lot of time down in Nebraska, fishing reservoirs for big walleyes, uh, you know, famously uh, McConaughey. And uh, now, he, this time of year, he spends a lot of time in South Dakota, in the Pierce, South Dakota area, where he's on, uh, you know, the Missouri River reservoirs like Owahi and Sharp, uh, for example. And we're going to talk about all that and just all the interesting things, uh, you know, as it is for Bob, uh, you know, the interesting topics about his fishing career and the things that he enjoys the most this time of year. And we're going to get some great recommendations for some summer, you know, just some some summer walleye patterns and presentations. I mean, anywhere you go in walleye country, you know, this time of year, there's some ups and downs to the season. Depends upon what body of water you're on. You know, in in certain cases, uh, the, the dog days of summer can be tough on certain bodies of water. And in other scenarios, it's a phenomenal time of year to catch a lot of nice fish. And that's where Bob's at. And I think that, you know, this interview kind of highlights both Bob and just the things that make him tick. And it also highlights fishing opportunities, uh, you know, this time of year where so many of us in the Midwest might be experiencing tough fishing, you know, especially for walleye fishing, you know, where we, you know, we're not catching numbers of fish. You know, a lot of fish move deep. They have so much food available to them that uh, getting them to bite can be really, really tough. It's really competitive down there. Uh, But, you know, you look at... uh, there, there's just certain destinations like uh, uh, Lake Sharp where Bob does a lot of guiding. You know, there's opportunities to catch a whole bunch of fish and they, they're not living super deep. And, you know, you, you get to experience really great fishing at a time of year when there's a lot of people that are, you know, maybe struggling. You know, that's a lot of conversations that we have right now. And highlighting that, I think, you know, it means something that, you know, for those of us that are looking for you know, uh, uh, fishing destinations that are family friendly, you know, or fishing opportunities, that destination fishing opportunities that are family friendly, where you've got young kids or, you know, you've got a significant other that, you know, maybe doesn't, isn't as hardcore into angling as you are, uh, you know, but, you know, enjoys time on the boat, quality time with the family and an opportunity to catch fish, you know, this time of year, head out and fish with Bob on Lake Sharp in South Dakota and you'll catch numbers of fish and it's not complicated fishing. We're going to talk a lot about bottom bouncers and spinners uh, or just bottom bouncer presentations in this episode and get some really cool perspective and recommendations from Bob. You know, I I think that for a lot of people that might, you know, on the outside looking in, look at bottom bouncer um, presentations where it's, it's not super complicated, but there's a few key elements to every good like effective bottom bouncer angler, you know, whether they're tournament anglers or guides or just people that do it a lot, you know, really popular out here in these Western reservoirs. But it's a type of presentation that travels really well. Wherever there's walleyes, you know, just about any walleye angler ought to know or have some proficiency, some confidence, uh, you know, pulling bottom bouncers in certain situations. And you know, having, you know, just knowing what Bob's recommendations are and the things that he deems as being important, uh, you know, definitely help me gain a little bit of perspective so that next time I'm out in a situation where I'm pulling bottom bouncers, regardless of how much experience I have, I got to double check those details and make sure that I'm looking at at it uh, uh, from the angle that Bob, somebody like Bob Props Jr. is looking at it and uh, definitely helps me become a better angler. So, yeah. All that is to say is we talk about a really cool fishing opportunity for this time of year. Uh, talking to a guy that fishes a whole bunch and has had uh, an incredible career in walleye fishing. And we're going to get some great uh, gear and setup recommendations and uh, just some good pointers of some presentations for this time of year. So definitely the complete package. Really enjoy having Bomb Props Jr. on. Let's get into it. Summer is in full swing here in the Midwest, and the fishing season has been phenomenal, especially here in the state of North Dakota. Whether you're casting a line or just hanging out on the water to enjoy some R&R, make sure that you, your friends, and your family are ready to have the best day on the water by always wearing a life jacket. 
having all required safety gear available, and just as importantly, knowing how to responsibly handle your boat. Never boat under the influence. Always remember, boat safe, boat sober. For boating information and safety regulations, head to the North Dakota Game and Fish website. That's gf.nd.gov. That's also where you're going to find all kinds of useful fishing information if you're planning to head to any of North Dakota's amazing fishing destinations. Once again, this JMO podcast is brought to you by the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Um, you know, uh, where you spend most of your time fishing, you know, as of lately and just kind of how your season this year has gone. Go ahead. All right. Well, thanks for having me on today. Uh, give you a little bit of background on what I've been doing lately. Uh, for 40 years, basically I've been fishing professionally and guiding and, uh, now I'm to the point in my life where I'm pretty much just concentrating on guiding. And I, uh, I like to, uh, go back to my home water, which would be Lake McConaughey in Western Nebraska. And then this year I got the opportunity to fish other lakes like Harlan County Reservoir, Sherman Reservoir in Nebraska, Merritt Reservoir in Nebraska. And so anymore, I try to just go to places do some guiding and have fun with it. So I'm on different bodies of water. And uh, I ran into some quality fishing along the line. And there was like, for instance, Sherman County in Nebraska. I had not been to that lake since basically I was 25 years old. And now I'm 54. And I tell you what, had some outstanding fishing. And uh, it's been fun just being able to kind of go do what I want to do and enjoy it, see different scenery. And then naturally, as the season goes on, April, May, June, I'm pretty much back in Nebraska. And then I come right back to Pier and spend the rest of the season basically back here guiding on mainly sharp, do a little bit on a wahi until the fish start going deep, which is happening right now. So then I'll be back down on sharp. But, uh, yeah, it's been fun, and uh, I've just been lucky to my whole life travel all over the country, different states, Canada, doing what I did because my father was, you know, the legend. And and uh, so now, yeah, I'm really having fun with it and enjoying myself. Yeah, man. And when you talk about, you know, going back and, and fishing, fishing bodies of water that you haven't been on in a while, I think anybody you know, sort of have a connection to that type of a fishing experience. You know, I mean, there's so many of us that have a memory somewhere, right? Like fishing is all, it's just, it's a ton of memories for us, whether it's tournament anglers, guides, or just, you know, somebody like me that just, you know, I'm, I'm out here fishing as much as I can. It's one of my greatest passions in life. And there are those little opportunities as we get older that you go back and you revisit like an old memory. Maybe it's a spot on a lake or it's a, it's a lake that you haven't been to in 20 plus years. Like you're saying, I'm hoping that we can kind of lean into that a little bit. Cause I think a lot of people really can relate uh, to that sort of in their own fishing career. You betcha. Actually it's, yeah, it's kind of funny. So uh, this year in April, first part of April, I uh, go back to Sherman Reservoir. Hadn't been there for years. And naturally Okay, the memories of my favorite spots on this little lake. It's not a huge lake, but, uh, you know, I'm thinking back. I used to get them here, used to get them there. Well, come to find out, they're still in the same places. And fished them exactly how I did back then, you know, catching them on bottom bouncers and minnows and uh, jigging a minnow or jigging a plastic. And uh, so it was kind of funny because my buddy and I, that I've fished a couple little small tournaments with in Nebraska, you know, he'd spent some time over the years with me when we were younger there. And, and I mean, there was no second guessing where we're starting. Went to my favorite spot, instantly started catching them. And uh, it's just funny. It's reflecting back. It's like, man, everything's pretty much the same. And it was the same way when I went to Harlan County. And it's just like nothing really has changed 
And I haven't changed my fishing patterns at all. I mean, I'm pretty much getting older now. Got a lot of aches and pains. My hands don't work near as good as they used to and and got carpet tunnel and a lot of arthritis starting up. So basically, you know, I drag a lot of bouncers around. In early season, I love pitching jigs. And uh, jig fishing is my favorite. But like I said, it's getting harder on my hands and stuff. And um, basically what we were doing was just a jig and a minnow. And then, like I said, a bottom bounce from the minnow. Going super slow in early April, like 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5 with a bouncer, just hanging them straight up and down. and then casting a 316 ounce jig in the middle or a plastic and we caught a lot of fish in sherman county i mean i had not i'd caught big fish when i was back there i'd always go early early april i was attempting to go to college at Kearney state which all i was doing was wasting my dad's money because i was fishing tournaments too at the same time so basically it was just kind of a hideout for me and a place to live and yeah, I'd attend class, but a lot of times we'd have tournaments, and I'd end up not being able to finish up with classes. So it was a fun time in my life, but, um, yeah, it was just crazy this year. I mean, get back there, and the same exact spots. I mean, nothing changes. It's like, and I experienced that on every lake that I fished in Nebraska. You know, but you say, like, you know, you say that, um, you know, the fishing was fairly similar and, you know, you know, realistically, you know, you can look back that many years and, and I don't doubt that your fishing style, you know, was, had already kind of developed and, and maybe you're fairly similar now, but gosh, you know, the technology has changed, right? The fishing experience has changed. We're using electronics that have all kinds of capabilities and boats that are just bigger, faster, stronger, like Talk to me about just like the fishing experience, because even if the fish were in the right spot and your techniques were fairly similar, there has to be like some amount of the fishing experience that, you know, maybe, you know, you know, maybe it just seemed a little bit easier this time because you can kind of see fish or your confidence is a little different. Like, like there's just certain things that are always just like a little bit different. Exactly. You know, well, one of the big things is, I guess, with the electronics we have today, you know, back in the day, basically we were flasher guys and, and it's kind of weird. We've got all these awesome graphs and they've got so many different functions. You got active target, you got side imaging, you got down scan. Well, for me, most of the time I'm guiding. So I'm not really big into the active target. I don't spend any time using that because I'm primarily just guiding. But I tell you what, the side imaging down there on those bodies of water really did help out a lot. I mean, I could see those fish laying out a little deeper or up shallow. And so that definitely helped. Another big thing that as you get older, I wish we would have had back in the day was uh, better suspension seats. I wouldn't have had some back surgeries and stuff, but, uh, yeah, the, the equipment we have today is just so much better. I mean, the boats are built stronger, better. Like I said, you got suspension seats that save your back. And, uh, yeah, the graphs definitely play a big role. And at the same time, it's kind of weird, though. I'm a little different because I'm pretty much old school, and I, you know, I've learned from my dad. I basically, it's weird. I... It's not like I really look for them a whole lot because it just seems like every lake to me fishes about the same. It just depends on what time of the year you're there. And it kind of dictates what you're going to do. You know, whether you're going to be pitching jigs generally in the spring, that's what you're going to be doing. And you're going to have fish up on the banks, up shallow. You're going to have fish that have spawned or recovering that might have slid out 30 foot. And so I just kind of pull up and just basically start back trolling along. But having that side image really did help a lot. I mean, it's amazing. It's kind of cool to, to be able to see that and say, man, if we'd had this stuff back in the day, you know, it, it just, 
it's a totally, it is a different experience. I mean, the equipment is just awesome. And, uh, but like I said, on the active target stuff, I have not played with that a whole lot because basically, you know, my clients just want to drop something down. A lot of my clients are a little bit older, so it's not like they can do a whole lot of casting or stuff like that. So I try to make it as easy as possible for them and just try to figure out ways and spots to catch them as many fish as you possibly can. Did you go into it? Like, like looking back on it, you know, you kind of like, we can have that hindsight 2020, like from a fishing aspect, like, like, did you, uh, did you have confidence that those patterns that you had already, you kind of already knew about or those spots, you kind of, those waypoints you already had in your mind, were you confident they were going to work or, you know, if they didn't work, were you kind of looking forward to maybe doing some more exploring? Like how much of that happened for you on those bodies of water where you had those memories? Did you take an opportunity to, you know, spend a little time in the afternoon, maybe exploring the lake, trying to look at it objectively again? You know, actually, yeah, it was kind of funny. I mean, like I said, I mean, most spots, I mean, it was just pretty much automatic. The fish were there. It was just, you know, how are you going to catch them? Was it going to be better with a jig? Was it going to be better with a bouncer? And yeah, it was like funny. I'd go to those spots, catch them. And then after, you know, we had quite a few fish or limits, whatever. Yeah, I'd go looking around for different stuff because now I could use the side image. And yeah, I found different stuff. There's no doubt about it. It really helped. And, and uh, yeah, it's just amazing that looking back all those years, just pull up and I kind of really didn't have a doubt in my mind because when you're guiding most of the time, you just go fishing. And I mean, it's just crazy. It's like everything just seemed like it used to be. And yeah, it was fun to be able to experiment and go look around more and see different stuff that we couldn't do because we didn't have the capabilities with electronics. And uh, yeah, the electronics play an important role, but it's funny. At the same time, there, there's days it's when it's crazy that we have the best electronics there is. And there's days you hardly mark any fish, but you catch them. Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, I found places on the side imaging, especially when we were pitching up shallow, for instance, at Lake McConaughey in the sand, thinking those fish should just stick out like a sore thumb every day because those are big fish down there. Well, there's days you don't see them hardly at all, and you're still catching them. Then there are days where, holy cow, they're just set up right. I don't know, you know, if it, if they're just up off the bottom a little bit more where you see them. You know, I guess I'm not a big technology guy. I don't, you know, I don't know lots about it, but it's weird. There's days you don't mark hardly any, and you can catch a ton of them. Then there's days you can mark a lot and they don't want to eat. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's just timing. I think in a lot of those cases, I mean, being at the spot at the right time. And that's what I, you know, I guess throughout all the years of fishing, I've really noticed that a lot. For instance, on anywhere I've been, whether it's been the great lakes or wherever in Nebraska and South Dakota, there's times where timing is just huge i mean it just seems like those fish want to go at a certain time and you better be there when they're going you know how much of that what percentage or, or you just you know this is probably situational but what like like how much do you lean on your electronics to kind of show you what you're looking for and what you know versus what percentage of the time do you just know deep down you're gonna you're gonna put a lure in there and just try to verify um, you know, cause I think like anymore, right. This, this new school or this, you know, this, this modern day angler isn't casting a rod or isn't even putting anything, any bait in the water until they see fish, right. That's a big conversation with how, you know, dialed, uh, people, uh, you know, how confident people are with their electronics. But then, 
you know, like, and I fish with one of one of the best. I feel like uh, Jason Mitchell. He's definitely an old school guy, and it's hard for him to pull into a juicy looking spot and not at least give him a try. You know, whether you see him or not. So, like, to maybe wrap. You know, for you, your strategy, your style, your relationship with your electronics versus just giving it a shot with with lures in a new spot to try to find fish, figure fish out. You know, I'm, I'm Jason and I are a lot alike. I, it's hard for me not to just pull in and drop down. Whether I see them or not, I mean, uh, 90% of the time I'm doing that. I yeah. just, when I go out, I just drop down and, and kind of get the feel and see, you know, let the bite pretty much dictate. But at the same time, there's days where, okay, say I go out, first two or three stops, drop down, and I'm not getting action right away. Then I'll switch over and I'll start, for instance, if I'm on Hawaii or somewhere, and I'll start looking off the points, you know, and stuff. And and basically, I'm just looking for a few, couple fish. I don't have to see a ton of fish. I just want to see a few then drop down on them instantly. I actually fish fast. I don't sit on a spot for very long. I want to get going and find an active school of fish because naturally I got clients in the boat most of the time. So, so yeah, it is, it's funny. It's, it's, I'm such old school and it's, it's hard at times to, I mean, sometimes I tell myself when I'm going out playing around, I'm going to go look for the new stuff right away and really rely on them. And I drive around, spend a lot of time and yeah, it, it pans off and it's kind of crazy. The different styles of fishing as like you mentioned, some guys, some of the new guys now, some of the, well, the best there is right now at say jig wrapping, there's Dewey, which everybody's yeah. heard the name Dewey. Yeah. 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 There's a kid from town that, is Dewey's partner, Tyson Keller. They have this jig wrapping down, and they are so good at it. They know what size fish they're going to pitch to. Where I don't know that, you know, because I don't use that active target a whole lot. But those guys with that style of fishing, I don't care where you send them. They are going to be tough to beat. And it's funny it's just crazy. Everybody's getting this active target, but those guys have put the time in to really have the confidence that that's not the right size fish. Yeah. Where, you know, you can see it in the results of these tournaments. Yeah. And I mean, Dewey is just putting on a clinic on, on the NWT circuit. And it's like, holy cow, and Tyson. Yeah. Up here on Hawaii, I tell you what, it's pretty hard for anybody to beat that guy. Summer is in full swing here in the Midwest, and the fishing season has been phenomenal, especially here in the state of North Dakota. Whether you're casting a line or just hanging out on the water to enjoy some R&R, Make sure that you, your friends, and your family are ready to have the best day on the water by always wearing a life jacket, having all required safety gear available, and just as importantly, knowing how to responsibly handle your boat. Never boat under the influence. Always remember, boat safe, boat sober. For boating information and safety regulations, head to the North Dakota Game and Fish website. That's gf.nd.gov. That's also where you're going to find all kinds of useful fishing information if you're planning to head to any of North Dakota's amazing fishing destinations. Once again, this JMO podcast is brought to you by the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Yeah, they get they definitely do. And I, you know, and then and then like, you know, relating that conversation, it's like there's definitely I mean, it's more complex than this, but it's almost like there's two major categories of personalities in fishing. There's technical side and there's a more traditional or a more, um, you know, a, a conservative or, or like conventional side where, 
Um, and it's it's really just how how we're wired and however you get confidence. But the technical side, those, those guys are really leaning into the electronics, and they really they they gain their confidence from their electronics. And in some scenarios, it is it is so impressive, and it's there's so much learning that has come from it. And these individuals that really lean into that. Now that being said, though, and I've had Dewey on this show plenty of times. It's like when I listen to him talk, it's fascinating, and I learn a lot. But, you know, from a, like, like talking to somebody like you, who's a guide, you know, say you guide 200 days a year. If that was your style of fishing every day, day in and day out, you probably wouldn't have a ton of repeat customers because it's not for the faint of heart. Like that's not an easy skill set to develop and, or teach people and, you know, that whole bit. So then you got the other side where I think that it's, I think that it's super valuable you know, the individuals that aren't necessarily going to um, be nearly as technical, but guys like yourself, guys like Jason Mitchell, you you guys are still leading the industry, you know, especially where you're at and where you're fishing. You guys are still at the cutting edge. Um, you know, you're operating, you know, we call you traditional, we call you old school, but that doesn't mean that you're old school. I mean, you're still using new technologies. It's just a style you like to put a lure in on those on those good spots. You know what a good spot looks like. Your instincts, you can instinctually fish through a day, you know, like on any body of water. It doesn't even matter if it's a body of water you've never fished or a body of water you put in the last 100 days on. You know, guys, it's still so impressive to me that you can fish fast and you can forget about yesterday's memories and you can still be just super efficient to where... Yeah, like it's just, uh, you know, the rest of us are still struggling to keep up with individuals like, you know, like yourself, where you probably just need a temperature gauge and 2D sonar and maybe, a, a you know, maybe a, a crude mapping system. But you could probably still read shoreline and do just fine, like, and be just super efficient. So I just, I don't know. I love that conversation. I love making those comparisons. I think it just sort of, it sort of gives context and texture to the conversations. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, exactly. It's it's funny. It's like, you know, I'd like to get in the boat with Tyson and Dewey and see how, you know, what they're looking at, what they're doing. Now, physically, I can't do that because my knuckles and my fingers don't work. Like we, like you said, it's a grueling style official. You have to be, I mean, it's, you know, it's demanding, and uh, they've got the patience to actually just drive around and look for the exact right fish. Where me, I've got to base it back on guiding. Those people don't want to just drive around and look. Plus, like we talked about, most people can't do that. Yeah, It's pretty much a young guy's game, or else hopefully you don't have a lot of injuries because – that is just a demanding way to do it, but it definitely works good. And it's, yeah, it's just crazy to see. I mean, there's guys, there's so many guys I know that are really looking at that active target now. They want to figure that out because, yes, they want to be competitive in these summer tournaments. You know, yeah. these fish are really dropping off, maybe suspending. To be real honest, if you're going to be a tournament angler, you better figure it out because these guys got it figured out. Oh yeah. And even if you're just competitive in your own, you know, in your own head, say you got it, you know, like I, I, this is what I relate to a lot is like, I, I'm per, I try to be technical. I try to learn these technical skill sets, you know, the electronics and learning tournament strategy. Like I love asking questions to even like guys like you that have all that experience, like, because say, say on my home body of water or, or body of water that I fish a lot, like Sakakui, I might never fish a real, like an NWT tournament or anything like that. But I've had enough good days where I caught nice looking, you know, nice looking average fish or I take my wife out and we catch a bunch of eaters like I'll never stop doing that in my lifetime. But I also like to challenge myself and go out and catch bigger fish. And I feel like maybe those skill sets are kind of the gateway to that. Like my opportunity to get better as an angler just every day going out like trying to find bigger fish, you know, I might I got I, I 
a lot of us probably have to realize like there's some skill sets here that I'm leaving on the table that are probably where I need to be at. If I'm not like if I get through a, a, a season and I haven't caught as many big fish as I want or I'm not understanding the patterns nearly enough. I don't know that that I feel like learning those new skill sets even just helps the everyday guy. You don't even have to be a guide or a tournament angler. But yeah, like having these kind of conversations, putting context to it and just kind of, you know, what makes what makes or, or what guys like you think are interesting about it, you know, I think is really, really cool. But yeah, like talking about this year, let, let's get up to speed on some stuff you're doing lately. Like like what's your summertime grind look like? OK, well. Right now, basically, the fish on Hawaii are really starting to take that deep plunge, okay? So, for me as a fishing guide, I really don't want to take my clients out to fish 35, 40, 50 foot, and basically, about everything you catch, practically, you're killing. So, what I do is, I'm fortunate, because I've got Lake Shark right here. So now what I'm doing here the last week, it's already started up, which it typically does, usually the middle of July. It happens every year. And basically I'm fishing in four to ten foot of water on the river. So it makes it nicer where I don't have to go up on the lake and fish deep. And when you're fishing deep with bouncers and I mean, you're tangled up all the time. Somebody gets fish and then three baits drops down here. You know, you get tangled up where I'm fortunate because, yes, now I'm going to be fishing shallow the rest of the entire season. I'll just stay on sharp and hit flats and and uh, little sand break lines. And it's just very easy fishing. The clients can catch on. They have no problems and less tangles and it just kind of simplifies things for me where where it's tough guiding in that deeper water. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you're going to spend a lot of time untangling lines and and kind of give, makes it a headache for you. What do you spend most of your time doing uh, presentation-wise? Pretty much right now, I'll be, what I'm using is a bottom bouncer and a gold Aberdeen or else a slow death hook, piece of crawler, and uh, fathead minnows at times, too. And I'll pretty much do that up until, you know, middle of September. Then all of a sudden switch back over and start maybe spot locking, pitching some jigs out, catching them that way. But, but right now it's pretty much an easy deal. Just go drop a bouncer down and float down the river with the current. And, and when you hit them, Catch, catch them if you get three or four. Go a little further if you don't get any more. You know, you put your icon in, you idle back up, and you come right back through there, and you try to just blast as many as you can. And just throughout the day, you just keep moving and finding schools of them and catch as many as you can. So it, it's actually a fun time of the year for me because we'll start catching a lot of fish every day. A lot of fish, granted, they're not big fish but they're good eating fish from 15 inches up to, you know, at 20 inches, a good one on the river. Once in a while, you'll ding a big one, but more than likely you're basically just fishing for good eaters and the action is going to be really good. Yeah. 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 Cause I, it's not like everywhere in the country, you know, in walleye country, like across the Midwest, it's definitely like, it's not the best time of year for some to get bit. I mean, the fish are hungry, metabolisms are high, but the fish are a little spread out. Like you said, a lot of examples where fish are deep on deeper bodies of water, especially in reservoirs. But also there's more food this time of year available to the fish we're trying to catch than any other time of year. So they can be as late. They don't have to work for a living. So that kind of, you know, so it's like when you have, you know, that's another reason why I definitely wanted to have you on was to kind of highlight where you're at and what you do, because you know, there are these destination fisheries, you know, everybody thinks like, you know, especially hardcore anglers are looking for these, these incredible destination fisheries in the spring, you know, for big fish. And then the fall bite is such a thing. Um, but 
this time of year is a great time to have a little vacation with your family. You know, it's like, you know, we're all cooped up in air conditioning when it's, it's, it's really hot, the dog days of summer. And we forget that there's some destination fisheries where it's a cool time of year to maybe just kind of go to one of these places that is set up like where you're at, where you're going to catch a bunch of eaters. It's very family oriented. Your fishing isn't so technical that, you know, you're, your seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old uh, you know, kids can't do it. You know, your wife will enjoy it uh, if she doesn't fish a ton uh, because you're catching more uh, than you do at home now. You know, this time of year, kind of a deal. And so, you know, highlighting that as a fishing opportunity where you're at, I think, is part of it. But also, you know, it, this is sort of a you know, just a surprising topic that we get a billion questions about is talking about bottom bouncer fishing, specifically setups. Like there, like there's certain things that people have that they're just so particular about in a bottom bouncer setup. Sometimes it's the rod selection. Sometimes it's, you know, leader material and leader length, uh, which depends on certain, situ- you know, situational uh, environmental uh, changes whatever uh your bait presentation the bottom bouncer size the speed like for you what are some things about your bottom bouncer setup and strategy and approach that you feel like you're kind of particular about this is going to sound crazy it's funny i'll go back to nebraska okay back in the day years ago split shot Hooking a crawler was the way to go. And then dad started using bouncers and people were using lighter bouncers in shallower water. I'm totally opposite. I use on my client's rods, ounce and a half or two ounce, whether I'm in three foot or 60 foot. I want the least amount of line to get that bottom bouncer to the bottom. And it just makes it easier on the people. And I feel I do get more bites. And at the same time, I can fish a little slower and just have that thing dangling there. I don't like to drag the bouncer at all. So it's like I can take a person that's really never fished and give them that heavier bouncer and show them a couple times and they'll catch right on. And typically, you know, all I use is, like I said, I use about a three-foot leader and a gold Aberdeen or also Slow death hook, maybe put a bead on there. Sometimes I do use smiley blades on some of the rods too. But uh, yeah, the bottom bounce were set up and fishing here this time of the year. I mean, a person, this is the place to come, like you said, for novice anglers that want to catch fish. It's not, you know, it's not nothing hard. You just, once you learn the water a little bit and the spots, I mean, all you got to do is drop it down five, six, seven foot and go with the current and you're going to catch some fish. And it, it is a, it's a unique place because instead of having to fish deep, you're fishing shallow water. And uh, so, yeah, my bottom bouncer fishing is simple and people really catch on fast. It doesn't take long. I use braided line on my reels, for instance, I like using a medium heavy rod with a fast tip. And uh, actually, I was able to this spring when I went down to Nebraska, JB Designs, it's a buddy of mine that custom builds rods. He sent me with five prototype rods, bottom bouncer rods. So here down the road, he's going to have some options for people for for those rods. And uh, I tell you what, they're really nice. and And he's been making jig rods the last few years and i tell you what they're they're an awesome rod but it's uh everybody has their kind of you know some people like a heavier action rod some like a lighter rod but i'm pretty much sold on a medium heavy with a fast tip and with that ounce and a half or two ounce bouncer and it's funny though probably the biggest hardest thing it's kind of comical is people knowing when they have a bite a lot of times those fish when you're for instance you're floating down the river just say you're doing a mile an hour well i tell my clients i said you've got to pay attention because all of a sudden you'll see what looks like a bite and all of a sudden there's nothing there the tip stays the same about 75 percent of the time 
the people don't realize that fish has swam towards the bouncer. So you've got to slowly raise your rod tip. I tell them, raise your rod tip, you know, real slow, maybe six inches. You might catch up to that fish. Maybe that fish is rose up above the bouncer. And it's funny that a lot of people, it does take them a little time to catch on to that because there's a lot of days that fish will grab that bait and move towards that bouncer. And it might be on there forever and you don't know. It's just, you do have to pay attention. But there's a lot of days where they jump on it, you know, and just grab it and really aggressive. But once you get the people to know that what those fish are doing, they catch on, then they really start catching them. Yeah, like what what role does does that play for you? Like the rod action, you know, using braided line. I mean, you know, I just don't want to assume that it's as obvious as, you know, just durability with the braided line, um, you know, just kind of nice to have that. The medium heavy rods. I mean, rod action is actually probably one of the biggest, like, debatable topics with bottom bouncer setups, at least for us in the questions that we get. Like, you know, plenty of people, and I, I think it's situational most of the time, you know, it just kind of depends on where you're at, how big a bouncer, you know, and all that. But for you, you, you talk about, you know, a medium heavy rod, uh, you know, bouncer rod, um, you know, you're not talking about, you know, any sort of parabolic action, you know, like a lot of fiberglass rods are out there, um, you know, like trolling rods that people will, uh, you know, convert into bouncer rods or whatever. Like, like what does the rod action, uh, you know, play as a role for you in your setup? Well, you know, I just, for what I'm doing, I have to, I'm basically keeping my eyes on a lot of people's rods. So I kind of want to have that fast tip so I can see what's going on to say, John, you got one, you know, hanging. And he might not have been paying attention and say, lift up a little bit, lift up and feel it. I do like to have something with a, you know, that's a little more limber so I can see the bite better. And uh, I have, this is a funny deal. I have started using some uh, carbon fiber blanks from, and actually there, it's, uh, I went into a lured in in Ogallala, Nebraska, bait shop, and we were down there in the spring about three years ago, and we were losing, because these are big fish we're catching, and we were losing so many fish, it was insane, and I'm like, this just does not make sense, I mean, so they had two of these favorite fishing rods, these white birds. And I'm like playing around with them. I'm like, I just bought them. We spooled them up with some braid, put a bottom bounce around there. Me and my buddy go out there. And I tell you what, you could, those big fish with that braided line, for whatever reason, that carbon fiber, I don't really know much about it, but that particular rod is my big fish rod. I do not want anybody else I don't want to use any other rod when I'm catching those big fish on bouncers down at Lake McConaughey. I'm just sold on that rod. And it's, I mean, I try many different rods, and it just seems like we lose so many. I can back the drag off on that particular rod, and uh, the clients land most of those fish. So it makes it nice. And I found with JB's, new prototypes he's got something that's coming up that's pretty similar that i played with a lot down there and it was very comparable to that favorite fishing rod right on right on man no i like that and you talked about shorter leaders and not you know you really you're particular about your boat control i can sort of sense that you know that i think and that's that's a that's probably the bigger conversation you know talking about back trolling and all that like like what kind of what kind of nuggets, what kind of talkers, what kind of tutorials can you give us on that regard as far as boat control? What you like about you know back trolling? Uh, what are some of your techniques when you're slipping the current and you know doing more of a drift or, or you know going with the wind kind of a thing? Like what are some what are some boat control you know tips and tricks or just sort of stories you can tell us that'll help us uh, kind of learn from you? You know, uh, with back trolling. It just depends on the time of the year. Like the spring of the year, basically, I am actually trying to move very slow. 
and be precise because I want to I want to drop that heavy bouncer down, but at the same time I might be casting a jig jig in the middle towards shore. So I just want to creep along and back troll. So I'm using my uh, rear trolling motor a lot. Some days I might just use the tiller, the big tiller, and put a sea anchor out to help for boat control. But uh, basically in the river, it's pretty easy. I mean, you just pretty much try to match the speed of the current. And at the same time, this time of the year, if you've got some wind blowing downstream, I mean, there's days where I can catch them drifting really fast, say a mile and a half or even faster. But there's times where I might have to throw a sea anchor out and just drift and, you know, drop my lines down and do that. I actually prefer the wind blowing upstream on the river because I can just stick, for instance, on my 1875 Pro Guide, which I use a lot. I love that little boat. I can just use the big killer, which is a 90 Mercury, and just kick that in and out of reverse and just match that speed of the current, which to me... In the rivers, it seems like that's a big thing. It just seems like if you can match that speed of the current, it seems like the fish, I think you get more bites. There's days where, yeah, like I said, if the wind's blowing downstream with the current, there's days the fish are just on a terror and they'll bite at any speed. But I'm pretty particular. I really like to just match that speed when I'm in a river of the current. On lakes, early season, I creep along, early season, April, May. You know, sometimes end of May, I start picking up my speed. I find days where, oh, the fish don't want it at 0.5. They want it at 1 or 1.1. One, one. During the summer, it's funny. With a bouncer, you can find, you know, there might be times where you're moving one two, one three with a crawler 1.4. One five. I mean, it's crazy. It all depends on your, you know, the lake you're on, the time of the year. But like I said, early season, I do like to just creep on lakes. And on any river system, I like to match the speed of the current. I think that's great advice because, again, it comes back to like this time of year in a lot of bodies of water, a lot of ecosystems. Most of these fish that we're after don't really have to work for a living. Now, there's certain bite windows where they kind of like it, right? Like these fish are predator. We're talking about walleyes, but if you're a if you know if, if you're a smallmouth uh, angler or you're you know you're you're just out there just catching anything or anything, this is good advice, I think regardless of where you're at if you've got current in a situation you know or even yeah like you say on uh, uh river situations where you, you're experiencing current but there's current you know current can be a thing that positions fish on a lot of bodies of water i think that's definitely something to sort of remind ourselves and if you are trolling or if you are moving uh with current you know matching that speed makes so much sense because you know uh, if they'll take it faster, you know, yeah, they're predators during a feeding window. During a feeding window when they're just triggered and they're on, they just want it. So speed speed can be your friend because you're just going to cover, you're going to see more fish. But on an average deal with neutral fish or even negative fish um, or just fish that their bellies are full, it's, it's so a lot of times it's too much to ask to exactly. mess to mess with the speed of the bait that they're not looking for and if that the uh, general rule of thumb talking about matching the speed of you know matching the hatch doesn't just mean color and profile speed is a big part of that and uh I like the way that you described that and that is that is something that a guy should definitely be uh guys or gals ought to be thinking about you know when whether we're casting or trolling slipping when but especially slipping with current um that can definitely be and there's a learning curve to that i mean that's it's not like it's so simple that you just that you're like oh bob says go 
you know, <laughs> yeah. go the speed yeah. of the current, like, like, you know, the, there's definitely some experience involved in that. And, and so, yeah, get out there and sort of be just really, really be paying attention. And, and, you know, you know, one thing I'm, I'm just throwing this in there from my own experience is, you know, I'm still learning a lot of that stuff. I get so much out of these conversations and sometimes I've heard it before, but you're reminding me and I gotta, I gotta, you know, pay more attention to it. But if you have any questions about it, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, Bob, or maybe you have better piece of advice, but if you're wondering about that, just throw a lure, just throw a bouncer and, and, a and a crawler over the side of your boat, just a couple feet down where you can see it and just go for a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and, and that, that'll, you know, especially it's unbelievable how many people pull cranks say with the current, right. Or they, you know, they, they're going downstream or spinners or they're, you know, on the great lakes is one where I, I remember Jason Shakir was telling me about that, where, you know, trolling spinners in areas where there's current, people don't even understand that there's all kinds of current happening, especially on bigger bodies of water, where if you don't realize what you got going on, you might, your blades might not even be turning. Exactly. Like it, and that is so common. It's so common. It's painful. Like if, like it's just the, the speed is, there's so, there's so many elements to it that make it so important. Um, not just for, you know, you know, getting the fish to bite like it's just it's uh that is definitely that is definitely an interesting talker that i think people either forget about we sort of take for granted you know we're just happy that we're staying on the contour we're happy that we're happy that uh you know everybody's comfortable in the boat no you know nothing's you know not you know we got all these other things going on and and the gps says that we're going x amount of speed you know 0.8.9 or one um but to not even realize, you know, say the wind is going against a current in a, such a way where going one mile an hour ain't fast enough and your blades aren't even turning. It's like, exactly. it's unreal. Yeah, it's, it's, that's probably the biggest thing that I see people when they're struggling and they're not catching many fish is definitely boat control. I mean, a guy, a, a new guy, you just got to get accustomed to trying to match that speed. And yes, boat control play is just, uh, it's critical. Whether you're up on the bow or in the back of the boat, I mean, once you get that dialed in, you're going to be a lot better fisherman. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And paying attention to detail, like you said, some people are moving too slow for a blade to turn. I mean, sometimes they're moving too fast when the fish just aren't in that mode. So that right. is that's very critical and and uh a guy just sometimes needs to pay more attention to go out on the river see what the speed of the current is i mean say it's flat calm and find out okay current's moving at 0.9 well i need to go 0.9 and figure out how to maintain that speed if the wind comes up from any other direction Mm -hmm. you know and yeah, that is very critical in in fishing, and um, yeah, that's guy needs to pay attention and get that dialed in, and it'll make you a better fisherman. Oh but yeah, having the, having the confidence, and you know, you got to pay attention when it comes down to it. You got to pay attention, and the more often you go, you know, it's just going to help you. Yeah, totally helps you, and it's that time of year. It is that time of year where it can be the difference between grinding out a, a, a limit for the boat or having a 40 fish day, you know, exactly. like, like two or three elements in the right area, uh, you know, where, you know, just, I don't know, we've all had that experience. Uh, every time we go out, it's so rare for so many of us to be the person that's netting all the fish and everyone's watching us. Normally we, normally it's like, I got to figure out why the guy next to me was netting so many fish, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, For sure, man. For sure. Exactly. But no, you earlier in the conversation, you talked that you were talking a little bit about locations or, you know, places to go for big fish and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. Yes. I'm a Nebraska guy. Grew up in Nebraska and, and that's kind of where I learned how to do most of my fishing until I started going out all over the country with dad. And I'm telling you what, 
Big Mac, Lake McConaughey in Western Nebraska. That's the place to be in April and May if a person really wants to catch target big fish. I mean, that is, it's, it's special. There's a lot of lakes, too. Merritt Reservoir in Nebraska, which is an awesome lake. I mean, fun place, pretty much May, June. Naturally, uh, you've got Hawaii early in the season where you have a chance to catch big fish. And right now, it's big fish time on Hawaii if you're an active target guy, basically. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of places you can go, and that's why I like going to Nebraska early season because I like targeting, you know, bigger fish for the clients. A lot of those clients will fish early in the spring with me down there. Then they come up to fish the river with me to catch a lot of fish, a lot of good eating size fish. So it's funny. I mean, for instance, you got Sakakawea. I mean, dynamite place. You got Devil's Lake. I mean, it's just going to the locations at the right time of the year for those big fish. And then, you know, it seems like there's places where it just, this, this is the time of the year where, yeah, things get tougher. Yeah. Yeah. On any average body of water, on any average body of water right now. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, you know, if people haven't had a few great outings or a few great experiences already this year, it's almost like the season's over till fall. And if you like to, you know, waterfall hunt or deer hunt, then that usually takes precedent in the fall. And so it's like, but man, there's some such great fishing this time of year on certain bodies of water. And I couldn't stress enough that it's probably a, the best opportunity to pick a destination, you know, this time of year might be for so many people, like say in the metro uh, areas, you know, or, or, you know, big, big city areas, or you're located to bigger populations because you got popular bodies of water that are loaded up with jet skis and ski boats and all that. And there's just, you know, gosh, we're talking about getting out a little bit West, certainly driving distance, you know, beautiful scenic country, and you're not going to be inundated with, all that boat traffic, it's going to feel like a vacation. It's very relaxing and it's so, you know, fish friendly where there's, there's these places where you can just catch all kinds of fish, put your hands on all kinds of great fish and learn a few things. And it's not super complicated. I'm not going to say easy is not the right word that can be misused at times. It's just not complicated fishing. And yeah, I mean, it's a destination deal, whether you're looking to do it yourself or hire a guide like, you know, guy can hire, you know, call somebody like you up and, and hire you for a day or two and then then go off on their own or whatever. But, you know, there's some really cool opportunities out west where you don't have to go somewhere and fish 50 feet of water, uh, uh-huh. you know, and, and you can still have really great days catching all kinds of fish, putting your hands on all kinds of great looking fish healthy fish, eater fish. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, the days can be good enough that your family's going to really enjoy it. And, um, yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to, who doesn't want to be thinking about another great fishing, uh, you know, vacation with the family, right? Like, you know, I mean, that's, uh, that's just a good part of, I think that's a good byproduct of a conversation like this is to just kind of highlight opportunities like that. But anyways, we're doing really good on time, Bob. So unless there's something really cool or just something really like a fun story from this year that you just want to include, man, I feel like we've talked about some great fishing here. Uh, definitely reminisced with you, which is really fun and entertaining about some bodies of water you fished this year that you hadn't fished in a long time. And um, yeah, man, I think this is great. We can wrap it up however you want, man. Well, yeah, it's been fun talking to you. And like I said, it's been a fun, you know, fun spring, fun early summer. And now it's going to get to be really fun here during the hot weather on the river. And uh, basically, yeah, if you're looking for a place to go fishing or you want to experience maybe a Nebraska trip or something, you know, you can always get in touch with me. I've got a Facebook page under Bob Props or else Props Professional Anglers. Otherwise, phone number is 605-222-1621. And, yeah, if you want to experience Nebraska somewhere, give me a holler or else we can do South Dakota. I mean, I've got access to other guides because I keep pretty busy myself. So, But, no, it's been great talking to you. And, 
wish everybody some great fishing coming up and and if anybody ever has questions just shoot me a text i mean i'm willing to help anybody out man i appreciate it bob that's it i think you know you crushed it that's perfect everybody can uh, anybody with questions uh yeah definitely reach out um for sure and uh yeah just another really enjoyable conversation bob i can't wait till the next time man and i can uh, i can let you go for real this all time right. well taylor great talking to you and i gotta get fishing i guess all right man thank you man we'll talk Take to you Bye. summer is in full swing here in the midwest and the fishing season has been phenomenal especially here in the state of north dakota whether you're casting a line or just hanging out on the water to enjoy some R&R, make sure that you, your friends, and your family are ready to have the best day on the water by always wearing a life jacket, having all required safety gear available, and just as importantly, knowing how to responsibly handle your boat. Never boat under the influence. Always remember, boat safe, boat sober. For boating information and safety regulations, head to the North Dakota Game and Fish website. That's gf.nd.gov. That's also where you're going to find all kinds of useful fishing information if you're planning to head to any of North Dakota's amazing fishing destinations. Once again, this JMO podcast is brought to you by the North Dakota Game and Fish Department.